Hello, everyone, and welcome to Vigilante's Log, the My Hero Academia Vigilante's Recap Podcast. And this month, we're here to bring you two really fun chapters where we're going to introduce everyone to uh, the cover character, really a really fun character that you just might know from somewhere. Just, just uh, Who knows? We'll get into that. Uh, I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Luke Hollywood. Yo, what up? Now, Luke, unless there's any uh, relevant uh, uh, housekeeping that you can think housekeeping. of, uh, we're going to jump right in. Well, uh, maybe we could just say that uh, the most recent Vigilantes chapters have been pretty good, Mark. I don't know if you Yes. Really... Oh, boy. Yes. At the time of this recording, the, the chapter that was that was most recently read, which I realized that would be like two months ago at this point from mm. when this will be released, uh, was really good and both of us really liked it. But I'm pretty sure each time that we record one of these, we always say, "Oh, you know, the most recent chapter of Vigilantes that was actually pretty darn good." So uh, I believe at some point about the uh, Aizawa arc, we were like, eh, "It wasn't bad." I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Oh boy, uh, yeah. It's, I w- I will say, hopefully without it, the the, ref- the arc I'm referencing was probably the weakest in the series. Oh. But that it was still pretty good. At time of speaking, Mark, who knows where we will be a month from yes. now? Oh, At my time of recording. Whoa! Oh yes, correct. Uh, who knows? Uh, oh my goodness! But I, I do know we've got two pretty good chapters right now, Mark. Oh my goodness! Yes. Uh, and, and as always, uh, the series is written by Hideyuki Furuhashi, and the art is by Betten Cord. Mm. Um, and we start with episode nine, Judgment. And we start with uh, uh, uh how how would you describe it? Uh, uh, wow! I, I read that and I just think of like Waluigi. <laughs> like, <laughs> Waluigi, sure. And we hear a crash point. as we see uh, our our big like the like, stony like rock rock Dude. guy. I, yeah. I almost I almost said like the thing, but no. No. Um, from back in chapter th- or episode three. Callback. Pound pounding on the ground, and he looks a little different. And everybody, there's people running around like. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a villain. Watch out! And then we see the crawler zooming into action. It's a very and cool panel. Like, yes, and we see uh, and we see the title as he kind of like skids to a stop to analyze it. And he's like, uh, "I'm the man who, who charges headlong into danger, the crawler." And then he's like, "What?" And then he they see the villain. He's like, "Wait, really?" As Pop lands on a um, streetlight near him, and he's, and he's he just turns around. And he's like, uh, "I thought we took care of this villain the other day." And that really shows that. It hasn't been a very, at least at this point in the series, it hasn't been a terribly long time. Hmm. At this point, I would say a month at the most. Yeah, that checks out, I think. Um, yeah. Probably less than a month at this point, but def- definitely a month at the most. Hmm. And he's like, uh, like that the hard Rocky dude. Um, and and uh, Koichi continues, like, uh, I'm sure they... Uh, uh, I'm sure they put him in a special jail for uh, holding villains. And then we get this guy's breakdown, like uh, uh, Akira... Iwako? Yes. Age 25. Uh, uh, suspended sentence for assault and destruction of property. Pop says, guess they don't record your name as an official villain without multiple quirk-related offenses. Just one doesn't count, apparently. Uh, which is and interesting. It, it, it's interesting, because I, I, I guess... You know, I would think it'd be more like context related, but I guess if he had to make a rule, probably one time where nobody got seriously hurt... Wouldn't count because you might have somebody like I don't know like there's a a vinegar suicide incident oh. like like something like that happens mm. and I mean he turned the entire river to vinegar so accidents yeah. happen accidents happen yes um well Koichi starts charging at him he's like uh oh yeah well uh let's stop him before uh, he racks up another charge and pops like uh. <laughs> She, she's not thrilled by this. She's like, uh, why does it uh, always seem like you're on the villain's side? And the villain finally noticed him. He's like, Gregor, you, you again. And he goes after him. He's like, the crawl, the the crawler. Um, and Koichi is just over the moon. Oh my um, as, he, as he's very like effortlessly like dodging away and even looking back at Pop. He's like, hi, you hear that? He called me the crawler. <laughs> crawler. And Pop is like, stop looking so pleased. Most people don't want villains to remember their names. And he and Koichi's just so happy about this. He's just in a great mood. He's like, uh, but now that I've, I've got his attention, I could lure him somewhere less populated. And he's just all happy because he remembered his name. He's, he's a little scratch the face thing. Um, 
Though looking at it, that might be that's actually him not scratching his face. He's using a little headset communicator. Yeah, I think he's like Comlink or whatever. Uh, yeah, because Pop is on the Pop is on the phone talking with him. But no, this is actually this is she's talk. I think I'm unless she's got multiple calls because she's talking here to Knuckle Duster. I think. No, 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 no. That's a flashback. That's a little bit of a flashback oh, earlier where uh, Knuckle Duster says like he's got business to take care of. Uh, and then there's like, like business, what? Um, so he's not there with them that night. Yeah. And she, she's on the phone with Koichi and she says, uh, since you're, uh, since you're not here today, uh, old man, uh, you're, you think, uh, he can pull this off on his own. You know what? You're right. He is on the phone. Well, yeah, she is that the phone is with him replying, right? Yeah, no, no. Yeah. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a group call. Maybe. I don't know. You're absolutely he's right. He's got the Skype call going. I don't know. <laughs> Yep. Um, and then she's, uh, and then she's like, or then, uh, Nuggleduster over the phone is like, uh, kid doesn't stand a chance. Uh, just buy time and and call it in. And Pop's like, eh, it makes sense. So it's they're actually gonna call in a professional. They're just gonna they're gonna have him lure him away and then call him. But well, he has done a good job of kind of bringing him towards a nice kind of like unpopulated area because he's in a car park right now. Yes, that has two cars in it, and he's keeping him on the side with no cars. And we even see people are kind of like watching this and kind of cheering uh, him on. And it's very clear that he has this villain's complete attention. And Pop is like, uh, it's an instant villain with a, a hardening quirk. Somebody please call the cops, call it in. Um, it was everybody else is cheering for Koichi. And he's and Koichi's like, oh, realizes the guy's moving faster. Um, and he's packing more of a punch too. Koichi's staying ahead, but he's realizing it's not as easy as it was yes. last time. Um even with slightly more training and a better handle of his quirk. Um, then we see a like a weird wasp bug thing that's on like one of the um, like uh, side windows of, of one of the cars in the lot um, and is is broadcasting, you could say to uh, to to our girl with the eye patch or villain. she's like, uh, so the stuff I gave Akira, uh, was TR-D2C, uh, the dopamine cocktail to boost his abilities. And she's taking notes and writing like a report. Um, and then we see some of her friends from school approach. Um, and they're like, and at this point she's still working with herself. It's like, and I can confirm that the dose uh, has upped his aggression while providing significant uh, strength. It's quirk. Guys moving lays a feather, uh, though it's clear uh, – uh, he's really super hard. And then one of the one of the girls is like, "Hey, uh, is that you, uh, Hachisuka? I'm, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, no, that's and right. Like, and and they're like, "Hey, what's up? Homework?" And she's like, "Nah, just a report." She like takes out her earbud. She's like, "Nah, just a report for my part time job." And they're like, "Oh, that sounds annoying." Um, and I like how casually she's playing this. Yes. Uh, and then we go back to the fight where Koichi's he's he's dodging around still, but the parking lot's getting pretty torn up. He's like, this is bad. Those punches uh, are putting holes in the ground, getting harder for him to move around. And eventually he hits like one of these these potholes, and he's like, ah! And it's like, oh no. And then Koichi goes up to brace himself, but then nothing hits him, and he looks up. And then... And then there's a ninja! What is it? Whoa! He's got a samurai sword and everything. What's going on? Uh, a man in a mask... Has, and uh, I love the villain's face. Put off his blade and block the attack. Uh, and we do see as everybody's kind of uh, looking and looking at this. Uh, even Hachisuka, she's surprised and she goes, "Oh, that's new." Before before we're um, our new person has using their katana to block the punch. Uh, that's the most My Hero Academia main series face I've seen. Like in this art style, look at the teeth. Uh, look at the y- mouth. Shape. Yeah, actually. That's and I point. just I really like that. I wanted to point that out. Mm. Uh, and then and we also get a good look at the at this other guy and his mask. And then he just starts going to town, swinging uh, and slicing and dicing. Not thing here. Your man's got his uh, his his arms up to uh, block the attacks, but we can see that he he's, he's all sliced and diced. He's sliced and diced, but it hasn't done any damage. The yes. heart it has not gotten through the hardening. Um and. Uh... <laughs> And this guy goes, hmm, hard, aren't you? Which is a valid point to make. Um, and then, wee-woo, wee-woo, the cops are here. Now uh, all I can think of is the SpongeBob, wee-woo, wee-woo, <laughs> just how you said it. Are, are we under the sea? Oh, my goodness. Uh, and then, um, and then, stomp, stomp, not thing is running away. Um, and then, uh, Pop points out that they better hightail it too, just be sh- safe. 
And then um, Koichi takes off his mask and he's looking up at the, his savior. And he's like, thanks for the save back there. Who are you exactly? And then with a smile, the masked ninja man turns around. And smile and a nose. And a nose and kind of like an out, uh, outline of an eye as well. Um, he says, the names... Now, correct me if I pronounce this wrong, Mark. Stendhal? Stendhal? Stendhal. Like I don't, I don't know the actual pronunciation. I don't know if this is a reference to like a mythological figure. I think or it is thing. a, it is a, re- it, it, it is a name like that means something. Um, I know it's a name that means something. I didn't do the research for it yet. No, me neither. <laughs> Gonna just be transparent oh about boy. that. Oh boy, Stendhal. That sounds good. Uh, another, another meddler just like you. Ooh, uh, and then he, like quite like he jumps quite a fair bit here, Mark. Uh, like he's. And got, then he anime ninja jumps away. Yeah, super jump. Ability. And then Koichi just says, wow. And it's quite obvious that he is uh, quite amazed by all this. And, and we Pop's cut... just kind of indifferent. Yes. Yeah. But we cut back to Koichi's loft. Uh, and we see that uh, Koichi's smitten with this ninja man. He says, that guy was just the coolest, huh? Maybe I should carry a katana around too. Uh, as he carries like a ladle uh, in his hand, uh, in his apron. Well, he's, so. he's, he has an apron, so he's clearly cooking. Yes, but uh, I like how it, it, he, you know, that is, that is you know, a, a good, uh, you know, when you don't have a katana around, lying around, you just pick up that ladle and you're ready to go with the swinging. Um, and then uh, as... So I'm going to get one full counter, though, before it breaks. Oh. Um and and Pop points out he's like well you're in easily uh, influenced huh and Pop continues like uh, got a text from uh, uh, Samatsu and the gang so pretty much not not Wolverine and not Cyclops yes. um, and they're like huh what's it about and like they're legendary senpai um, and and it, it's nice that we get a little hint if you know what to look for in this character from yes. behind you know who it is already um, but uh, not. Not Cyclops is like uh, apparently this local guy they know or they he he's like all happy about it um, and Pop explains like apparently this local guy they know uh, is famous for being uh, good in a fight the manliest man there is uh, who can't tolerate uh, injustice Ooh. and then we see that not Wolverine's like he he transferred here so he doesn't really know about him he just kind of knows that he exists but that's about it um, and that they. Uh, and then Popkins, he's like, uh, they told him about us, and he's eager to meet up uh, at the restaurant in front of the station. And then uh, I think Koichi, he's like, oh, sounds good. Uh, uh, that'd be great. Uh, it'd be great to work with another local. And he's just like smitten by Stenthal. And he's like, same goes for Mr. Stenthal. Uh, he shows up uh, where it's needed, I guess. Uh, all these people with a strong sense of justice. Uh, hopefully we can keep bring, uh, bring together more of these admirable hero types. Uh, I'm doing my best to, and just Knuckle Duster is just not having this. He's like, <laughs> maybe. But guys who use justice as an excuse to pick fights uh, are nothing but trouble. Really dangerous. That's just common sense. And this, this is this is like really foreshadowing, like how he knows this. Mm. Um, well, not even how he knows this. Um, but but he makes a point because because Pop like they kind of call him on this later, but it's like he's not really doing it for justice. Like, he, he's doing it because he has a specific objective, and that's to get these drugs off the street. And he also really likes now he is the not, Now, he is the, uh, he is the, was it the, uh, um, like, the, the janitor of justice? Janitor but, of the fist, Mark. He was some, I could have sworn he also had something of justice as well, but I, I think, could yeah, just, I might have had something, yeah. Uh, but he's like, uh, hmm, got something to say, because Koichi's like, no, just common sense. Um, and once you know more about uh knuckle duster it makes sense why he considers this common sense given his former line of work i think yeah this actually like knowing what we know right as it stands in this chapter it serves as a nice this was always the plan yes it serves as a nice comedic moment here uh because obviously uh you know koichi and 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 pop have their own opinion about this but um, I think it serves well knowing what we know now as well. Uh, like this rings, that rings true as well. So uh, it's doing double duty, I think. And and then I, I like how Koichi's like looking at um, and, and they play this for comedy here, where like yes. Nagudosu's like comedically drinking his beer, and just Koichi's like, there's even like an arrow point. He's like, speaking of dangerous people, mm. and Pop is even kind of glaring at him too with a stare, and it's like, better not take any uh anything this old fart says too seriously. 
um, and then um, yeah, she continues like, uh, "We're going to meet this senpai of theirs," and that's that. So shut it, Gramps. And then we see who the she the might senpai come to is. regret that decision. <laughs> yes, um, and as she will call him later, it's a rape and murder man. Oh it's, boy. A, it's our spiky uh, villain who, um, in some of the side like little material, uh, when they were created. Um, the re- and the reason that they're kind of like backpedaled on how terrible they were as people, um, not that they don't acknowledge the stuff that they did, uh, is because they were only intended to be like that first like chapter villain. And then they really liked drawing them and they came up with ideas of what to do with them and they decided to use them more. A lot Even of, a lot of yeah. callbacks to previous uh, characters and chapters in this uh, uh-huh. in this chapter. <laughs> They also make a reference in like the behind the scenes thing of here that um that basically it's like they're like the trope of like you have the gang member or like the the punk that the hero fights in the first like like is their first opponent thing mm. that eventually becomes their ally. That is a very common trope mm. in shonen. Um, oh, let's let, do we want to talk about all the different examples? <laughs> That because that's a lot. That, that could be its own podcast, Mark. Let's see, Kuwabara, uh, the the Pompadour. A lot of them have Pompadours. Because um, <laughs> the Pompadour guy from a uh, um, uh, oh uh, Shaman King. No, it's a very common trope. It is a manly um, but hair. But both of them are, are just like um, like so. This guy clearly, obviously, knows who it was or who like who he's expecting, and they're like, oh. Where's the old man today? As he's sitting, like with his drink at the at the restaurant, and just Pop and Koichi are just horrified. They're like, yeah, um, and just and not Cyclops and not Wolverine are, are very confused. They're like uh, your friends, like they they didn't know that they knew each other. Mm. Um, and they're they're just very confused by this. And and Koichi's like for friends, you can say that. And Pop is like not not even close. Um, and and then uh, this guy's like. Tch. You guys really think that poorly of me. Um, and then we get a flashback of, like, <laughs> terrible things he did. And he, like, like, flashback oh, montage. And, and Koichi's like, uh, well, honestly. And just pop straight up calls him. And he's like, uh, that's a rape and murder man. And Koichi's like, yeah, that. <laughs> um, and at this point, um, and he's just like, whatever. Uh, no use talking to these clubs. And just not Wolverine and not Cyclops are just like, what just happened? What happened? Like, what? what? They're just confused. Um, and uh, I get the impression, based on what we know about them, they probably, in between, we don't see it, and it wouldn't really be that relevant, but I'd be shocked if Pop and um, uh, Koichi didn't ta- like fill them in afterwards. I, yeah, yeah. And they were probably like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I imagine that's what, that, that's what exactly played through after this scene. Yes, yes. Um. And, and 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 Koichi kind of points out, like 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 wait, what did he want to talk about exactly? Um, and Pop's like, I'll just let it go. Like let Sleeping Dogs lie. And because it, it's a fair point from Koichi, like well, wait, why did if he knew it was us, why did he want to talk to us? Um, which is something we eventually do get back to. Uh, um, it, it's a bit later. Uh, it would be next podcast, but yes. Um, so then we go back to uh. We go back to our hardening villain who, who's still crushing, who, who's still walking around mm-hmm. and, and clunking around. And I get the impression that um, this is this is happening in real time, more or less. Yes, I imagine. It's uh like like uh, they they dealt with Sternhilder. Um, they went back in time, or not? They went they, they went back to the uh, the the loft. The loft. Then uh, time passed. They went back. Um, and now this guy's walking around. He's storming around. Now. He knocks over just this poor, this poor garbage can. That I'll be honest, I'm not sure really why it was there. It's just kind of an alley. Um, and then a knife just hits the back of the villain's head. It just bounces off, and he turns around. And he's like, Grr. and then a knife goes right into his eye, and he's like, his blood spills out, and just two more hit him in the back, penetrating like his his layers of rock. He's like, Grr. and then we have we have a guy who looks like he's teleporting out of nowhere. But it's just a, a highlight to emphasize. It's a who he ninja is. teleport, Mark. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, his hand is up like that, but it was really more because he just threw the stuff. Mm. He's like, uh, I knew your eyes wouldn't be hardened, uh, and the pain and fear would rattle your focus, leaving you unable to maintain the hardening across your body. But the real root of your uh, your agony and terror is that you have no conviction. Oh. Um, and, and we see that like a uh, hardening type quirks, like they're, they're basic. I mean, we've, we've dealt with this before, but this is kind of the first time we've really addressed it in any way, as far as like the common knowledge of it, that there are 
a lot of hardening type quirks and that they're focus based mm. uh, or at least apparently focus based to some level. Um, uh, and at this point, the guy's like fixing his glove, like tightening. He's like when he says no conviction and it, it's Sternhill. Um, and he says uh, power wielded without conviction amounts to a crime as he very, very ominously walks forward. And he's like, uh, and when crime shapes the man underneath, uh, that is what we call a villain. Uh, the power of my blade, as he draws it, is like, will eradicate the crime. Uh, that is your very existence. Oh. And before we go on, I want to mention his color scheme, because this is all black and white. Yes. So um, it's kind of like a, a dark navy, like, and a, and a, like a crimsonish red. Mm. We see it from uh, the front cover. We see it on the front cover. So like the vest, the uh, left side of his mask, um, uh, like the 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 main part of like the hand guards and wrist guards and elbow pads, those are all red. Mm. Um, everything else is, is uh, like including the other side of the mask, um, the the main part underneath the guards uh, and the undersuit he's wearing um, is for the most part uh, navy. There's a little bit of the shirt part. That is also red um, and potentially the pants. So we don't get really good look at the coloring of that. Um, but I just wanted to touch on that briefly uh, before we forgot to, because it would be really weird to talk about that after this volume was wrapped up. Yes. Uh, very very uh, dead stroke kind of yes, vibes. It's very clearly a, a, a reference to Deathstroke without being a pastiche. Yes. He's absolutely not a pastiche of Deathstroke, but his his art style and his color scheme is very inspired by him. Oh, yes. Um, and then we see that he slashes down, uh, and he straight up kills this villain. He slashes down through part of his head and through his chest, um, and he's able to get through. Um, and he's like, this is your judgment. And we see that, uh, like, the... Uh, like, well, the right or the left side of his face, we kind of see like a silhouette of a person. That's what we saw before. Yes. We saw the nose smile, but the right side, at least, uh, at, at points, I don't think it's like this all of the time. It's definitely not like this all the time, mm. but, uh, we see like, just like this bright yellow eye and just like a smile through it. Um, and a smile that's disproportionate, at least from the cover stuff, on, from the smile on the other side. But, uh, it, it's really more there to seem menacing than as opposed to probably, being how it's actually working, uh, yes. like a stylized thing. And then we see on top of the roof, we have our, 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 um, our kind of like B user. Yeah. Our B user. And she's like incredible. And Sternhills is on the ground. So he's, he's covered in blood. He's just killed this man. He's like, right. And then we see a quick, like half of a picture. We see four pictures. Three of them are, um, he's ran out three of them. And then he has one, which is of the, the human form of the, the stone guy who he's just killed. And he's like, uh, this one is next. And it's our spiky guy. Um, dun, and, dun, that is, dun. and that is the end of the chapter. And I like how our rock villain has like the little, like between the scenes page where they mm. talk about, Oh, it's a pain to draw, but, uh, we wanted to bring him back. He's even more kind of like gorilla esque. Um, and I, and I think it's, I, I really like the chapter. Um, and then and it's a really good introduction to Sternhill. And then we get to, Episode 9.5, Mask. And we open this episode with a manhole cover. It's kind of odd thing to open with, isn't it? Oh my goodness! And it, it, it is weird. It is it is weird. And then we we open with kind of like the business district where we see a bunch of drunk business and salarymen yep. just kind of stumbling in their stupor by. And then we we get to an episode, and this there's a character, and he just. I, I don't know, like he his, his facial features. He seems very familiar, but hmm. um, he, he's th- he's at a bar. They're they're having sake, um, and, and it looks like is that sushi as well? Yeah, that's sushi. I think so. Um, yeah, and, and, and the guy's drunk. He's like, uh, you hear this, Rogia? Rogia? They're making us submit our full registry again this year. Because uh, he's drunk, and he's like, all the names are going straight on the villain list. So apparently the government's like, hey, send us the list of all of your, like, your government mandated to send us a list of all of your, like, organization. And you're all going back on the villain list. It's like, well, that's very nice of them. First of all, they're they're, they're an organization that the police aren't going after and the heroes aren't going after that is labeled as a villain Mm. organization. Um, But the the government still, like, expects them to handle paperwork. And they do it. And I and I have to say this is a really interesting bit about the society how it's like kind of playing into some of the things that Magni has talked about in the past. Yes. Um, 
how how it's just like well we see the bright shiny stuff but it, it's like organizations like this now i'm not saying that these people are going to be like the best people or even that they don't necessarily deserve to be villains but it's the fact that it's like oh so there's government paperwork where they have to submit this stuff to be placed on the villain list year after year that i'm like oh so if the government doesn't like your organization they could just label you as a villain mm. like like that's my takeaway from this and and that it, it's very good world building in the sense that you start to understand maybe why the League of Villains, some of the people of the League of Villains are doing what they're doing. Not necessarily that they're good people. They've just been labeled by society. They, they've been labeled by society and that's caused things to an extent. Yes. Like I'm not saying that even the, the main members of them, but why people might flock to them. Mm. That it's specifically, it's like, uh, well, I mean, these guys are labeled as a villain. Not that they're great people but they're basically the government's like yeah you guys are villains give us your updated list now and i guess we won't arrest you so you can be a villain legally i guess is what this 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 tells me yep, yep. is that you could be a completely legal member of society never break a single law but still be labeled a villain it's a subtle bit of world building that has a lot of heavy connotations when you when yes you, when you dig in continue, deeper. yeah and he continues just because we come off as mobsters or whatever they they treat us like dirty rotten villains. It's just how the dang cops are. And he, he just continues and he's like pounding the table. And we see a guy who he uh, the more we see him, he kind of looks really familiar. He's like he's quite like, familiar. I can't tell if it's just like part of his quirk or if it's just like grease paint or whatever. But around his eyes and his, his long hair, he just looks really familiar to me. Um, and he's like, uh, I get that these, uh, I get that it's these times we live in, but. Uh, you got, you want to at least try to look worried, Ryoja? Uh, and then the other guy's like Tetsu talking to this guy. Um, and then uh, our uh, am I pronounced that right? Uh, Rogia? Rogia. Yeah, or Roja. Um, he's just sipping his sake. And he's just like, hmm. Uh, treat uh treated like villains, eh? Fine by me. And the other guy, the guy next to him, who's clear, he's like, he's a like, bro. And we'll see him refer. I'm very familiarly like mm. these two guys they might be related or they're just really good friends yes um and he's just like what and then we get uh uh rogia saying uh the way a man lives uh doesn't change because of the uh the way the wind's blowing and we see uh we see that there's a picture of uh all might on the wall that says i'm here to stop you <laughs> say no to drinking and dr- to drunk driving and to be fair these guys did say no to drunk driving they and did. this is a good this is a good message to have in a bar and there's really nothing wrong with this message, like, at all. Like, even a village bar, it's like, no, don't be a dick and drunk drive. I like how they've incorporated the I am here to stop you uh, from drink driving. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great poster. Hmm. All bars should have this. Um, and he continues, uh, we got to follow our own paths, uh, even if it means facing All Might himself. And the, and the guy who's next to him is like, don't be crazy, bro. And the, the, guy, and the main drunk guy who's uh, Tetsu. Uh, Tetsu is like... He's like, hey, re, uh, Rogia, you, you're dang right. Drink up or drink, drink up, right? Yep. And then we get, then we get an establishment out of the mouth side. They're all walking and, and we see Ryoja kind of better. And it just, it, he has this bomber jacket on over his suit and it, it has a star on it. A star? It, just, it, reminds, it just reminds me of something. Hmm. Um, and, and it's, and then we, uh, then we get narration. Meet, uh, Ryoja, uh, Yonega. 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 Yonaga. 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 That's Yonaga. it. Um, uh, Ryoja Yonaga, Lieutenant of the uh, <laughs> uh, Ebigawa uh, Tenshu yeah. gang. Uh, he handles though. his liquor better than he used to. Uh, but that doesn't mean he doesn't uh, get drunk. And he just notices something. And he's just like uh, – uh, and he's picked up a, a certain habit on nights – uh, when the booze is really flowing, and we see him just casually, by the way, mm. casually picking up a um, a manhole cover, and, and just uh, the guy who was sitting next to him, who just looks really familiar for some reason, like yeah, yeah, not again. Um, and then the narration continues, like as, as he's like tucked it under his arm and is walking with it very casually. Those things are like two hundred pounds. Very heavy. Um, he's like uh, uh, he's prone to uh, walking off with a particular piece of public uh, property. Uh, I like the alliteration there, uh, on his way home. Uh, but that's not the only reason they call him uh, 
Ryoja the manhole. Uh, and then we see that our Tetsu guy is like, you stand watch says the cops drop. So I even falling in the hole. And the other guy's like, eh. And, and I like the fact that it's like, okay, they might be from a gang, but they, they care about the locals. And this, this entire scene initially reminds me of the Yakuza games. Oh, yes. They're extremely protective of their, their place and their people. Mm. They're like, no, you don't screw with our people. Like, oh, something happens. We'll, we take care of our people. Um, and that's what it initially reminded me. And then we just – we see this scene where he's just polishing the manhole covers and, he and stuff. And multiple manhole covers. Multiple manhole covers. And when we later on in this page see him, see him like blocking bullets with it. But uh, it um, – in the stuff where he's like polishing, he's like uh, in battles against rival gangs. Uh, his tried and true weapon is the standard uh, manhole cup, uh, aka uh, uh, Jay's lid. Um, and then they, we go into some stats about them, like at uh, sixty centimeters across and weighing uh, and weighing in at forty kilos. Mm. Uh, this lump of uh, or this lump of iron served as the shield. Uh, it's helped him uh, survive hundreds, if not thousands, uh, of blades and bullets. And uh, I should have done this before, but I want to find out how many pounds this is. Kilos to pounds. So, uh, yeah, about, about like uh, roughly like 88, 90 pounds. Oh, like they're, they're not, not heavy, but it, I mean, to, to be able to wield one around like this, like he's doing, that that's, I mean, we saw how very casually he picked it up. One hand. And those things are tight in the ground, too. Yeah. We just catch the piece of um, and then we get one night uh, at the Tenshu Gang Gang's headquarters in Tokyo. Tokyo's a uh, Dento ward, um, and we and we see a bunch of people, and and just we see a familiar ninja man, Sir Hild, just bust in the window. Whoa! By the way, how he was standing in the building opposite—that's a heck of a jump. That, that ninja jumping, I'm telling you, Mark. He's, he's yes. Got also, skill. when he breaks, also when he breaks through that window foot first, there's not nearly enough glass. <laughs> For for a, an entire like yeah like that is a pain, whole window like pain. there's not nearly enough but that 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 truly is a nitpick, mm. um and we see we see uh, Tetsu and uh, Ryoja, uh and two other guys in the room yes um one of the guys has like a, a helmet on and kind of very familiar looking shirt and the other guy I don't know I'll, I'll be honest he he reminds me of like a character from uh One Piece like one of the members of the Gorosei but but whatever okay. So this ninja lands, and uh, it's Sternhild, and we, and we very, and I want to point out very clearly, his his arms just have the normal guard on him. There's there's nothing extra about them. Um, he he is holding two of his knives, like his uh switchblade or his like his like folding knives, throwing his, knives, his fingers. yeah, yeah, bro. And it's like, um, and they're like, you know, one of the other, um, uh, a single uh, assailant. Um, and then we see like a picture of all of them, and, and I and. Two, three of them look really familiar, especially uh, Tessu, who just breaks his glasses. Um, and he, especially with like the floral print, he just looks really familiar. Um, and he's like, uh, you know who you're messing with? Um, and we get the narration continued. This is Tessu saying, and then the narration continues. Uh, like so many other gangs since the advent of Quirks, uh, the Tenshu crew uh, has been uh, designated as a villain organization. Once again, this is a villain organization that apparently submits paperwork about itself to the government, so they're not taking care of it, and I find that hilarious. Um, so then Sternhill throws throws three knives, mm. which is interesting because the last panel he definitely only had I two think, in his hand. I think it's two, and then we see. Oh no, you're right. Yeah. It's two, and there's another one because we get it immediately because the the motion. The close up. Yes, the yes. No, you're right. Um, and it's like the and this, this like this panel has the like the knife like inches from his eyes yes and he's like the lieutenants are known for their powerful quirks uh but really what really makes them dangerous isn't their strength of their abilities uh, instead it's their ten- tenacity to leap into battle and we see all of a sudden he just has summoned an iron man armor these characters are all pastiches of the uh avengers specifically the movie avengers what and I, lo- I love it so much do you have no idea how happy i was when i was reading this the first time like that's like we talked about it before it's like it's very clear who all these people are yes. um so we see, we see that Tetsu is a um, Tony Stark. Tony Stark pastiche, uh, um, and and, and and I love it because it's straight up an Iron Man armor. Like the face is right, like, and not it, even it, subtle. That is the, Iron Man. <laughs> the armor instantly summons. Yes. Um, and he's known as Tetsu the Tank, and he has like a repulsor blast that he shoots at Sternhill, who barely dodges it. Um, and then we have uh, Sho, uh, Shoji the the Hammer, and he's um, he has like a 
like a like a protective hat that has like a little cross on it. But it also, but his uh, his jacket, he he's wielding a sledgehammer. Yes. Uh, and he has electric crackle out of it, so he's clearly charging it with electricity. Um, and uh, his 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 jacket has like circles on it. The, yeah, the like Thor a, circles. Like the Thor circles yeah. on it. Um, and then we see um that uh the the other guy who had the cigar and they said kind of looked like a One Piece character, like a very like one of the members of the Gorosei. Mm. Um, he's uh, he's known as uh. Harus, uh, Haru, Haruhisa, Haruhisa, the barehanded, and he's hulked out. He's mm. hulked out. Uh, not quite to the extent of the Hulk, because he still has his like glasses on and the cigar. And but I almost got like Red Hulk vibes. I did get a bit of Red Hulk yeah. vibes, but I mean they were working with what they could work with. Um, and uh, yes, so um, and Sternhill backs off and he's like the teamwork uh that has won them uh 100 battles uh. Battles forces the assailant into the air, and then we see uh, Ryoja. He he's he's grabbed one of his the manhole covers, and he's twisted back. And it's uh uh, uh where Ryoja the manhole can deliver uh you know they forced him into the air where Ryoja the manhole uh can deliver a finishing blow with his weighted weapon. Um, and we see he's holding his breath, so I find that interesting. That might have something to do with his quirk because hmm. we see that his arm has gone all um. Oh, gradientine has like yes, electricity, powered bio, like power around it, um, and he's like uh, uh, released with the perfect uh, form of a discus thrower. Um, and I mean, for having that big of a, a discus, it is really good form. Um, uh, the high speed attack can cleave a man in two, mm. and I absolutely love this because it's like, oh, oh, so that's why they're shields. Like we already have the shields, but oh, he can throw them too, and he can throw them so well they can cut a man in two, which tells me he's done that at some point. <laughs> I, he's not been arrested. Um, uh, so then, uh, Sternhill he very quickly takes off his mask and he lets out his tongue, um, and we see that all of a sudden some band aids with some blood on them have appeared on Sternhill's arm. Magically, come on, he, he's he's not put them on. Uh, um, we see, because we actually see them behind the panel, like when he's taking off the mask, they're already there. I should point out, we double-checked, they're not there at any point that you see his arm. Now, they do a fairly good job of hiding that particular arm. Yes. Uh, you see it when he busts right in, but it, it, an argument could be made that it'd be too difficult and it would, it would visually look weird um, with how small he is. But uh, his arm is not covering uh, covering up enough of the uh, – his his um his left right arm is not coming covering up enough of the left arm where all these band-aids are. When he lands initially, you can see part of the area where they are, especially because we, we emphasize that they're on the forward part and then they kind of, you know, move back into the middle part. But he, he, any part that they're shown, um, it was not covered enough by shadow there. Mm. Um, in fact, you see like another little brief part of his arm beforehand where they're not there. Um, and it's very clearly that this is stain, uh, pre-stain as he licks all the band-aids and all of the people freeze up and we see that the tony stark pastiche all of his armor falls off which means his is effectively like a hardening type quirk I mean, yes. it's not exactly hardening but uh it is and because of that he's his quirk like he's you know deactivates. It, it, it's deactivated um and of course because it's stain uh everybody else is paralyzed for a second uh stain lands and then all of a sudden all the band-aids are gone from his arm again yes yeah, they're, they're just they're just gone. We see both of his guard like arms here, and they're all just gone. Um, and now he's reaching back for his sword, um, reaching back for his sword, and uh, <laughs> a creepy face. Actually, hold on, I want to double check something. Oh. Okay, so he and he uses that arm. Uh, yeah, okay. We should so definitely he, see him on that panel where yeah, he's I'm crouched down. I was making sure, like, did I get my arms right? But then, yeah. uh, but then we see his face, light, like, half of his face light up with, like, the happy smile. And, um, and then he kills all of them. Uh, horribly, one slash each to Oof. vital organs and they die. Um, and we see the blood and everything. And then the narration continues, uh, uh, they are defenseless and in that moment, uh, are cut down by a single stroke. Uh, uh, and we see that all of a sudden the band-aids are back. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so they, they were gone, then they weren't there, then they were there, then they were gone again, now they're back. Um, and, and all that's happened in the time it's taken for him, uh, for Ryoja to have dropped the, uh, uh, the manhole cover. And hearing the thud, uh, we see, um, not, uh, uh, not, uh, oh, uh, I keep thinking Barney, but that's the wrong, um, Bucky Barnes. Yep, Bucky Barnes. Uh, not, not uh, Black Widow and not um, 
Uh, Hawkeye. Okay. I, was, I was about to say, they like Clint, um, come in. And they're just like, bah, and, uh, so not, um, uh, not Bucky Barnes, not Winter Soldiers, like guys. And then, so we, we see that he's clearly familiar enough or he's high enough enough where he doesn't refer to them as boss. Mm. Uh, but the other two do, and they're like, boss. And then Bucky, not Bucky Barnes, is like, who are you? Like, to Sternhill. And Sternhill just, uh, takes off and throws three knives. Um, one of the knives catches, uh, not Hawkeye straight in the chest, like straight perfectly in the ribs. Um, the other one hits, uh, not, um, Black Widow right in the, it almost looks like the breast, but I, I think it's just like just below it. Um, and not Buggy Barnes manages to harden his arm in time to, uh, which, which by the way, really looks like a robotic arm because the yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. uh, and block it. Um, at this point, um, this has all happened. Like that stuff happened just after the manhole cover hit the ground. Now it's, you know, doing that little spin thing before it finally comes to a rest. Um, and Sternhill's like, uh, uh, I am judgment. I am Sternhill. I'm not Buggy Barnes. It's like, uh, and we hear splat. And stuff when we see that the manhole cover they just has come down. He just finished those off. Yep. And and pretty quickly as well, because because uh, the manhole cover just uh, comes to comes to yeah comes to comes to a stop. Uh, so pretty pretty intense scene. And then we see outside of uh, well presumably outside of this uh, HQ for the gang. Uh, we see a kind of storage container being opened up and a load of clothes, fresh clothes. Uh, and Stendhal is rustling through them, uh, and then we see as he takes off his mask, somebody f- comes from behind and says, "Howdy, Mister Judgment." Uh, and then Stendhal replies by saying, "That's not my name." Uh, and then it's B user Hachisuka, and she says, "Right, right, it's Stendhal. I know." And then Stendhal says, "That's not it either." Uh, and then we see a, a nice uh, kind of profile shot of Stendhal here with the bandages on his arm. Uh, and he says, he, Stendhal, has become more than human. The red of life and the black of death. He is the one who cleaves that divide with a single slash. Judgment personified. And we see that perhaps, perhaps... No. Knuckle Duster knew exactly what he was talking about. Maybe, just a little. Uh, and then Stenhall continues, and he says, When I shed my mask, however, I'm an ordinary man who works towards the ideals of true heroism. I would rather you didn't confuse the two. Um, and <laughs> and Hachisuka says, Yeesh, you're obnoxious. Oh boy. Uh, but then she's, she continues, and she's like, Fine, Mr. Ordinary Man. Uh, I'm here to take back those blood samples then. They came in handy, yeah? And then Stendhal her, handles her three blood vials, it looks like, uh, with uh, with some blood in it. And then, well, it's at least three that we see. Yes. I, I feel like it's probably, probably you four. know, there's probably four. Yes. That's all he can hand uh, her or... Well, he had, and he had the yeah. four plasters, uh, the four yeah. bandages as well. And then uh, as, she holds, uh, as she holds the fourth one up, maybe... Um, she says, these Tenchu boys sure took advantage of welfare programs. Too bad those little medical checkups proved fatal. So a nice little. Bit so of my guess is that she needs to return those before they realize that they're missing. Yes, I because then they'll so. know that they have somebody in the inside who's messing with things. Mm, mm. Uh, and then she says as she starts rustling through her backpack. Now, since I helped you with your bad guy extermination business. I get to pick your next targets. Uh, and then Stendhal says, Don't push your luck, villain. Stendhal will come for your head as well. And then we see he's kind of got his, his his ordinary clothes disguise on in the shadows. And that he has a nose and an ordinary mouth. Mm. And then he says, But until that day, there's value in vermin that consumes its fellow vermin. And then he's like, Oh, sure, sure. Fight fire with fire. Whatever. And then as we see, with a buzz, she lifts up a couple of photos that look mighty familiar. And she says, I hear you. So here's what we're doing next. Over in that part of town, in Naruhada, there's a bunch of really nasty villains. And we recognize a bunch of these guys. Oh, boy. Yes. We see that this happened before uh, last chapter. 
Yes. Uh, because the first guy is the human, uh, or is the human, rock dude. Uh, is the is the rock dude who who's not all rocked up. And I like that his shirt says rock. Mm-hmm. And then we see our three uh, three villains from the very beginning of the series, including Spiky Guy, yes. Lizard Guy, and Flame Hair Guy. Flame Dude. Um, yeah. So it all links up, Mark. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So. Uh, interesting placement to have kind of this is the prologue happening uh, post episode 9 but uh, why don't you give everybody your thoughts on the first of the two chapters that we covered episode 9 episode 9 uh, I really like episode 9 it, 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 it mixes up the formula a bit mm. um, uh, but in a, in a way that I, I like and it's show, it, when we're setting up the you know the upcoming villain for the yes. rest of this arc um, like really the first big like reoccurring villain you could think of um and it, it's a person that we we know from you know from the main book mm. uh i i really like it i think it's really solid i i couldn't tell you any like big thing i would change and especially like knowing what we know now like how oh yeah it's very clear that certain characters were always this from the beginning mm. um looking at knuckle duster because his advice becomes very apparent very quickly um uh, no, I really liked it, and I, I'm, I'm giving it probably a nine three. Wow! Like, like I don't, I don't have a lot of problems. There, there's a couple, there's a couple little little pieces here and there that that I might have like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like I, I would have liked another scene, like a follow up scene with uh with not Wolverine and not Cyclops. Yes. Um, uh, nobody actually calls a hero to help. <laughs> um. I, I don't know. There's a couple like blank panels where they just have a word in it, but they're, they're not really distracting like mm. they have been sometimes in the main book where you're like, oh, why aren't you doing anything? It's like, oh, there's so much content here, and this is like to dramatize that word as opposed to where the main book, a lot of times it feels really empty. Mm. What did you think? Uh, I like this chapter a lot, yes. Um, it starts off like – what I like about it is that it starts off as just like your your back-to-basics – and like it's even a, a villain of the week that we've already had, so it's a very familiar territory. And then it quickly kind of uh, goes its own new path here as we are introduced to Stendhal. And uh, but even before that, uh, like it's nice to see little progresses in the characters. Like we see um, the crawler is actually recognized here by the villain for one thing, but I also like. What once he gets them into the parking lot, like and the the crowds of people start uh like watching and are like uh, cheering on. Now they're cheering on for the crawler, so like you know they didn't get his name right, but I do like that. You know he's at least starting to get a bit more of a presence, and people are well. We already know that people are uh you know supportive of him, but it's nice to see that in action here, and um and then when it all it quickly all goes wrong, uh and then who's who zooms in to save the day but our favorite ninja man Stendhal that shows up out of nowhere um, and I really like how you know one side of him is portrayed and Koichi is instantly smitten and he's just the dosh, the, the gosh darn best guy there's ever been uh, even though Knuckle Duster kind of sees through some of that uh, but then like right at the very end we see we, we see another side of Stendhal here um uh, a much more vicious side uh, that is quite familiar to somebody that we already know from the main series. As soon as he says the word conviction, that kind of uh, you know starts ringing some bells. Uh, and like just the difference, I like the the contrast in how he handles uh, handles the rock villain when Koichi is around, and then how he quite efficiently takes him down uh, once he's on his own. Uh, I thought that contrast was a very nice way of introducing the character and kind of the two sides he plays. Uh, like like the, the two sides of his mask. Oh, the, the One symbolism. side with the pleasant human smile and the other with the demonic one. My goodness. Uh, and also uh, the, the, the the reveal of the rape and murder man, uh, which is an yes. excellent name. Uh, I'm was... So I, I was thinking about that when you were talking. I'm like, oh, I didn't call that out. Yes. I'm so happy that they called him out on it. The rape like, and it wasn't like, man. oh, no. It's, it's She's like, no, the rape and murder man. Yeah. And coach like that, <laughs> what she said. And even the... Even the... <laughs> I really like the panel above it of just Koichi's like kind of disgruntled face as he remembers all the horrible things that happened uh, between him and this other guy. Not even mentioning all the horrible things that happened with Pop. Um, I like how yeah, oh, oh, I I like how uh, this guy is being 
being brought back into the main story uh, but I also really like how uh, it's quite clear that we are made to remember uh, that he did some pretty pretty not good things uh, and that he exists because of the next chapter yes actually even the end of this one but Mm, yeah it it all ties together nicely because we're reintroduced to this guy uh, and you know obviously we're not buddies with him uh, because he's the rape and murder man but uh, even just that reintroduction quickly before this final scene it does kind of raise the stakes a little higher when we see who's next on Stendhal's hit list uh, and and makes you very intrigued for what comes next so yeah I enjoyed this chapter a lot as well Mark I'll hit it with a with an eight five. Uh, I'm not going to go for nine territory yet, but uh, I really enjoyed this, uh, and it was a uh, quite a good setup for uh, for this new uh, player in the streets of Naruhada, Mark. Now, Mark, what would you give uh, the episode nine point five mask chapter? Oh, that's that's a tough one because uh, if you'd asked me two days ago. Mm. I'd be giving a different score because two days ago from the recording, neither of us noticed the fact that the band-aids disappear. Yes. And that bothers me. It is quite because like, they just I wouldn't disappear. say it's nitpicking because it's quite a significant point of the plot here. It which, is which the is, main reason how he takes them down. Which is why I made a point of pointing out like the, the scene where he busts in and you see both of them. Like with how small his gauntlets are, I do think it would have ruined the composition mm. and it would have looked weird and it would have drawn your eyes right to it because it would have been in the center of the panel, um, in the center of the page pretty much, uh, to have it on that tiny little one. But if he had done a little bit, but the uh, button cord had done a little bit better job of hiding it and had not just completely omitted it from a couple panels mm. just because it, it, it was convenient to, um, uh, it, I mean, I can't not take off points for that because of how it tied or tied to it is because. Yes. There was a point before I realized that where I was thinking like nine, nine, ten. Okay. Because this is a solid chapter. It is a good chapter. Like we we get introduced to these new characters. They're all pastiches of the Avengers, uh, or the movie Avengers, and and we we also get like yes, this takes place previous in time, but this is also a point five chapter mm. to its credit. Um, and, and we find out more about Stendhal. We find out more about our our villain and how things are going down. And there's some there's some really genuinely interesting world world building in this yes. chapter um no i love it i love the pacing i think the only real problems i have with it are a couple art issues and a couple panels and even then it's only because something was just i i not there that should have been mm. as opposed to any like like actual error or any other type of errors um and even though that's a big part of the plot, I still, for the rest of it, I'm not sure that even that I could bring, like, that's not pr- taking me below a nine. Like, mm. it, the rest of it is too good to the point where I'm, I'm settling on a nine five. Wow. High like, praise. It's extremely solid. Mm. Uh, if, because uh, you're right, like, the, the band-aids not being there at a couple points, they're so integral to the plot that not being there um, on some of, like, the really obvious panels... Uh, is a problem. Yes. Yeah, like, while, while I, I am of two minds, because, like, it is, I, I would, it, to me, it is a quite significant art error, because, yes. and, like, it would be different if the band-aids didn't show up again, because then you could kind of just say in your head, okay, well, maybe he just took them off or whatever, but it's because they appear and disappear, so, and then reappear yeah and reappear uh, that you know uh, and how it is ma- it, it is his main reason on how he's able to take down all these guys um yeah i think it's an issue that it's not appearing uh, throughout the chapter consistently uh but apart from that minor art issue uh, i had a lot of fun with this chapter uh it is it is great i think like okay yeah obviously a lot of the charm with it is because it's uh you know all the Avengers guys, uh, I like <laughs> movie Avengers. I, I should, we should clarify. the movie Avengers, yes. Uh, and I like, you know, it's subtle because you're like, oh, that guy looks a bit like Bucky, and oh, I'm getting Captain America vibes, and then straight up, that is Iron Man armor. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, jarring, but in the best way. Yeah, and then which Thor is a weird thing to say. Uh, like, like the, it, it's like up to a point they were like, oh, let's 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 sprinkle this in, and then once it we... actually gets going, it's like, okay, let's just let's be straight up. Let's do it. Uh, that is a, that is a good way to describe it. Like that, it's like we're kind of just teasing it, and then we're just going all in. Yeah, which I appreciate that. Um, 
and like you know that's that's cool but it's also like worth pointing out and quite a significant point i think is that little subtle world building that we get about this gang and like their like kind of their status and how the government treats them and what what you were saying about how that kind of explains uh socially in a lot of ways how uh, a lot of people might be feeling disenfranchised and and uh like loners in this in this world just by how they are stigmatized uh maybe not even due to well you know from what we've seen of these guys they don't seem to be all too bad you know they're taking manhole covers but they even put a guy on guard so that he doesn't nobody falls into them so you know it it, it seems like they they more deal with their like their like the enemy gangs as opposed to like attacking civilians yes yes um it's about territory and control as opposed to actually messing with their civilians they seem to once again like to make the yakuza reference mm, for the games mm. they they seem to be taking care of their place yes like i mean they're they're drunk but they're like no you wait till the police come here and cordon this off because we don't want anybody actually falling in yeah, so like, so even from just what little we get of them in characterization, you do learn quite a bit about them and kind of uh, their like uh, their roles in this part of town. At and... least Tetsu and Ryoji. Yes, Ryoji. Um, and and then and then obviously when the action kicks off, it is like as an action scene and a high like most of this chapter is action. Uh, this whole sequence is very well done um apart this is how you do narration comic books apart from the the minor slip up with the bandages uh like uh, how it's how everything is operated all the different moves seeing them everybody in action and then of course uh you know stendhal playing his his tongue trump card uh, it all works perfectly um and then seeing him how i i really like how uh, the the timing is used with the manhole cover kind of uh, landing on the ground and spinning uh, to show just how quickly and efficiently Sandal is able to take down not just uh, the four big lieutenants but also uh, not Hawkeye, not Black Widow and not Bucky when they all run in uh, and then how it's perfectly timed with that final splash as the manhole cover falls down. Uh, that was perfectly orchestrated uh, and a very strong fight scene and uh, the highlight of the chapter also for the, me. I just want to say that the teamwork, the fact like the narration has it, so they're like, it, it becomes very clear that like they force him in the air because like not Captain America is their finishing move. Yes. Like this is a practiced kind of formation they're in that they just instinctively go into. And then it would have it would have worked too if it wasn't for them darn. Was it wasn't for that meddling quirk? That meddling, <laughs> and potentially that meddling Hachisuke with her with her blood samples as well. So it is nice to see. Well, her I don't show think up. he would have gone after them like that if it hadn't been oh, for her. Definitely. To be quite honest. Well, not into their HQ. Definitely not. Uh, maybe one on one he could have tried, but. Uh, no, I, I think that that's more likely what would have happened, or like yeah. two on one. But yeah. definitely, definitely not. He only went in there because. He had the uh, the blood samples, and it is nice. Uh, it is nice seeing Hachisuke uh, show up here, and it's all linked up very neatly with episode nine. Um, and it, yeah, and and linking the photos together matches them up perfectly. So yeah, it is a, a quite strong chapter. I had a lot of fun with it. Like clearly, a lot of it, the fun is with seeing uh, you know these familiar powers. Uh, in the Avengers showing up in My Hero Academia and uh, quickly dispatched as well. But uh, what impressed me about this chapter so much was how it takes that, uh, like, it could have, that could have just been the big wow moment, but there's a lot more going on with this chapter than just that. Uh, and I think you'd be a fool to uh, forget about that. So I would give it, I, you know, I'm going with a nine, Mark. I really enjoyed this. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I'm going to give it a, a straight nine. Uh, so there you go. Two chapters that I think we both really enjoyed, Mark. What a, what a, what a shocking surprise. Two very strong Vigilante chapters. Oh, uh, oh, 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 I don't... That's, we're not used sorry, to I don't, We're not used I don't, to I don't, that at all. <laughs> I don't mean to throw shade. That is not my intention. Oh, my goodness. Um, but yes, that brings us 
to the end. So if you want to find us on Twitter, uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at @chalionx. That's at C-H-A-L-I-O-N-X. They can find you, Luke, on Twitter at LJ underscore Hollywood. And you can find the podcast on Twitter at Hero Notes Pod. Indeed. And, they, and... Can, oh, they can also email the podcast if they would have any vigilante-related queries uh, about manhole covers or rape and murder man or whatever they want. Uh, and also, if they have Hero Notes related queries, uh, they can email us at heronotespodcast at gmail.com. And if they want to, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, share this this podcast with their their friends, their family, I don't know, some uh, your Uber driver. Oh yeah. Uh, you can <laughs> you can find uh, the podcast on uh, Podbean, Stitcher, and iTunes. All my favorite Uber drivers like vigilantes, Mark. That's a sign of a good Uber driver. All of them like vigilantes, or they like like the concept of the book, because oh, that is two very different maybe connotations. Both. <laughs> um, well, regardless, oh, uh, thank you everyone for joining us for these episodes, uh, and we hope to see you again next time. Same vigilante time. Same vigilante channel. Oh.